We're going to be in Romans chapter 1, and I'm going to go through verses 8 through 15. Uh, and I'd like to do a couple of different things today. One of them is I'd like to just kind of give you uh, an update of what's taken place, but I'd like to transition back to, to Romans and just share two very practical encouragements. I don't know how many of you are here that are just visiting. I don't know how many of you are here that have been here a while, uh, but whether you know Christ or not, this is a place for you. Whether you know Christ and you're serving here, you're stepping into a great legacy of what God has been doing in this place. And so I'm just excited to be able to encourage you and encourage one another already with the songs that have been sung, uh, just getting to shake hands, meet some new people, meet old people again. Uh, there's, there's good things that God is doing here. Uh, but I'm just going to just focus on this verse 11 real quick of chapter 1 of Romans. It says, For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to strengthen you. In verse 12, that is that we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. The more that I was praying, God, what, what, do, you want, what do you want me to come and say to you guys? What, what do I have to share? Well, I mean, I don't have anything on my own, but God's word does. God's word always speaks to our life. And this is the word that he kept putting on my mind time and time again, as he said, be encouraged. Soak up the time that you have with your brothers and sisters. Let them encourage you and you encourage them. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to start by just sharing some updates. When we moved in 2018, uh, we started with just a hope and a prayer, and you guys sent us out, and you guys have been so faithful. We enjoyed having the team that came uh, and helped serve with our VBS. This theme that we've had this year um, is just to go spiritually deeper with our people, and we've been seeing God answer that prayer as we've had a servants team form, and we've had some people come to faith in Christ, and we were expecting this year, one of the first things that I preached at our church was from John, and it was the passage where Jesus tells, he says, greater works than these will you do. And then he gives us the invitation to pray. Pray that God would do and accomplish great things. And so we've been praying, God, our city is just blowing up. I mean, much in the same way as here, that I see the Metroplex has changed driving around. How much has changed? Like, Man, there is so much that God is doing in the changing landscape of Texas, but there's also so much that God is doing uh, in Vancouver, in the greater Vancouver area. And so God is moving people out of the city of Vancouver, and he's moving them uh, into the, to the place where we're at in Langley Willoughby. It's like one of the fastest growing zip codes in Metro Vancouver, and it is just growing. And there's so many people, like the largest religion that is there is no religion at all. They don't identify with anything. They, you ask them every day, it's like, well... I mean, I got the mountains to my north, I can go ski, I got the ocean to my west, I've got parks and trails aplenty, um, why would I need God? Like, my life's good the way it is. And yet, they come out and they start, to, I don't know if it's something about having a family or what, but God just begins to soften their hearts. And we've seen eight or so people come to faith in Christ or more. I don't have an exact count of what I've seen, but that is an encouragement because, listen, when you guys pray, God is, God's listening. I mean, I know I used to be here. I remember the prayer nights that we used to have, and we would pray. The missionaries would come up on the screen, and then we would pray for them, and they would gather together in the groups, and we would just be pouring out, God, 
Fill them with your spirit. God, speak through them. God, use them. God, encourage them. God, strengthen them. God, you know, give open windows. Give open doors. Give opportunities. Stop. Like, I remember the prayers that were fueled in this place. And some of those, maybe many of those, you don't always get to hear. But I'm here to tell you today that God has answered your prayers. Just as Paul's talking about here, he talks about how uh, he was praying for this church. He was longing to see them, right? And so I'm so thankful for, your, for your, the way that you participate and the way that you pray for us because that encourages me. You know, when we went through the pandemic, it was not an easy time uh, as it was for anybody, right? Um, we went through that and we had just gathered a small group of people. We were meeting, we went from meeting in a basement, which is fun, try church planting and telling people, hey, you want to come have church in my basement? And then they'll be like, oh, I don't know about that. Uh, but we, you know, we were meeting in our basement and then God brought some friends along and then they came and they were, they opened up their home. And so we started meeting in a house and then we outgrew the house and we were starting to meet uh, in a community center there. And we were there for one Sunday, one Sunday before the pandemic came. So I graduated with my master's in 2020. We started uh, like going towards our, our church launch in, in 2020. And then that was when the pandemic hit. And I remember everything shut down. And I shut, I feel like part of me shut down with it because I was like, I am a young married man. I'm a new father. I feel like I just recently graduated, which I did. And I felt like I had with everything that I had learned from my time here and at Southwestern and in Canada at the seminary there, I felt like, great, I have some building blocks, some ministry building blocks to be able to work with, both me and Laura. And then everybody started talking about a new normal. They said, throw out the manual, throw out what you once knew because everything's changing. And I was like, cool. <sighs> so things shut down and I remember thinking to myself, God, how are you going to build a church? How are you going to build a church when they tell you to stay inside, don't go out, don't interact, don't socialize? Everything I do is built around people. <laughs> That's literally, you're saying, like, you're like lopping off one of my arms, right? I can't, like, what church managers do is we go meet people, we gather, we evangelize, we tell people about Christ, we build community where there's no community. We try to pray and see God move people from death to life, but you have to interact with them. So I say, God, there's just, I don't see a way this is going to happen. But God is faithful, and God can do far more than we can even ask or imagine. Over the pandemic, we started meeting online as many others did, and we saw a couple come to faith in Christ over Zoom. We saw God add people to our core team over Zoom. We got to form a pastoral team during Zoom, and it was amazing. We came out from the other side. On the other end, when we finally got to meet in person, and we had come out not having lost one person from the original group that we had. And it was amazing. And that's only something that God can do. It's the people, it, was, it took, because look, that wasn't just something that Laura and I did. That took everybody intentionally being together like glue and taking ownership of the New, of New Song Community Church because me and Laura, we could, we could talk and we could try to do our best, but unless it was owned by everybody, that intentionality of like owning the, the mission, the vision, owning each other during that time, that wouldn't have happened. It takes, like, we are the church together. And so I'm so thankful for those that stuck and those that, that helped make the best of a, of a hard time. 
So fast forward a little bit now that we had come out of the pandemic and we, we had seen God be gracious to us and grow us, we're now meeting in a school. We were meeting at a Holiday Inn basement, uh, which was expensive, uh, but God again provided for all of that. And so now we're meeting in a school in Walnut Grove, which is like part of where we are in our target area. And we've, we've got this We've got access to a gym, we've got access to two classrooms, and this is a big step for us as we have a place now where we feel like God has placed us intentionally because trying to find space there is hard. Uh, everything is expensive, and then the, what little space is available is quickly snatched up, and so we were just praying for a long time. We are like, God, uh, we know the church is not a building, we're not looking for a church building, we're just looking for a place to be able to, to minister out from and a place to gather in. And so God answered that prayer. We're now meeting in Gordon Greenwood Elementary School, and we've been there for a year almost. Um, and so God's, God's, been, God's provided that. And, the, you know, we, we see, it was actually Dr. Lee that pointed this out to us, but we see this plaque on the gym, and it says seating capacity, like 500, you know. And we're just imagining, God, with all of these people here, who do you want to reach? You know, we've got to learn to see like there's all this space here. And, and what that tells me is that it's just opportunity to see God bring people from death to life into his kingdom of his beloved son. There's space here that people need to fill up, not because we want to have a packed church, but because we want to have a packed kingdom. I want to see God's kingdom packed. So we, we have that. We've, we've had this space and we've got so many things happening this summer. We've been excited because uh, this has just been a big year for us. And like I said, we've been praying from John and just asking God to do greater things uh, for his glory. And so we have some missions teams coming up this summer and we've got all kinds of activities that we're going to be doing. All of it is outreach oriented. All of it is about getting the name of Jesus out to the people that don't know him. Uh, we've got several new developments that have happened. And so we've got teams that are coming in. We're going to be doing some flyering, some VBS, some block parties, and then some, some other outreach activities. And so uh, I, I tell you that uh, in part because I'm asking you to keep, keep praying. Keep praying that God will touch lives and know that he, he is doing that. And I hope that that encourages you because that's what, that's what, that's what Paul, I, I really identify with what Paul is saying here. He's expressing this longing to, to come and to visit this church in Rome. He says that he's in verse 10, always in my prayers, asking that somehow by God's will, I might now at last succeed in coming to you. Then verse 13, you can see the continuation of his expression. He says, I do not want you to be unaware, brothers, that I have often intended to come to you, but thus far have been prevented. We don't know what that prevention was, but we know that there was something, whether it was divine or circumstantial, something kept him from coming. It says, in order that I may, what, reap some harvest among you as well as among the rest of the Gentiles. One of the things that I as, as I move now, just briefly sharing you some of those updates, and I, there's always time in the fellowship hall. I know that we're, I know what IBCA is like. I know how long church happens here, and I love it. Uh, so if you want to meet and talk more, we'll be back there, but we look forward to getting to meet you too. Um, so what I'd like to do now is just transition a little bit and provide uh, hopefully that story of what God's doing in Vancouver encourage you. And now I just want to encourage you from God's word uh, as we look at the apostle Paul's life. Uh, we see his overwhelming love for the gospel, his overwhelming love for the gospel. And that's something that has always characterized New Song, IBCA and New Song. 
Um, you know, one of the things that we came here when we talked about was we, we talked about the mission and vision of the church. I'm talking about the mission of, you know, seeing people become fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ, talking about being a multiplying multi-ethnic church that reaches uh, Arlington. I almost said Langley because they're so connected. Lang that reaches Arlington and beyond. Uh, there's that heart to see the Great Commission fulfilled, the heart to see people come to faith in Christ, the heart to love God and to love him. And that's, what, that's just what I love about the Apostle Paul here, is he's a one, almost like a one-trick pony. He's a one-thing kind of guy, and that is the gospel. It, it defines his identity. He says, and I'm going to go back a little bit in chapter one, he says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, and then he says, which he talks about his, uh, his coming to faith in Christ. He's concerning his son who descended from David according to the flesh and was declared to be son of God in power according to the spirit of holiness by his resurrection. He's just, he's talking about Christ. He's talking about what he's done. And that's how he begins this book of Romans. And then he goes into this, this relational dialogue with this church. And he's saying, I've longed to see you that I can impart some gift to you. And I believe what he wanted to impart to them was the gospel. Because you read about it, that's what he spends the first seven verses talking about. He's unpacking the gospel about who Jesus is, about what Jesus has done. And then he's talking about how out of that, I have this love for you. I love your faith. I love how your faith is reaching both here in Rome and beyond, just like how IBCA's faith is reaching in Arlington and beyond. You're doing that as you sent out missionaries and planters from, from way back then all the way to now. You may not know it, but you're stepped into, like I said, whether you've been here for a long time or a short time, you've stepped into something that God is doing here that he is fulfilling. It's not a question mark. It's, it's a certainty. God is faithful to do. He said, I will be exalted amongst the nations, and he is making himself exalted through IBCA. So you coming here is quite amazing. Why? Because God has brought you here. I believe that God is very sovereign. I believe that God places people in a specific time, in specific places for specific reasons. You can see that in the book of Esther. That God intentionally places people here, and it, that God places people everywhere. So I encourage you today and stop and think. What if your being here isn't just because it's a transition to your next ministry opportunity? What if you're here today and you're invited, maybe someone reached out to you, knocked on your door, sent you an email, built a relationship, met with you at Starbucks or something and invited you to come to church. What if you're here because God wants you here, that he wanted to tell you something, that he wanted to use you in a way that you can't even begin to imagine? Isn't that incredible? I think that we all look for meaning, we look for significance, we want to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. I tell you, there's nothing bigger than what God wants to do through his people building up the kingdom of God. That is his heart. That is his vision. And that's IBCA's vision. So what if your being here is on purpose? What if your being here is because God wants you here? That's what, that's what Paul did. He went everywhere that God told him to do. And you see this, this multi, this national vision that Paul has, right? Look in verse five, 
through whom we have received grace and apostleship to bring about the obedience of faith for the sake of his name, what? Among all the nations. It's a global picture. People from all over the world, Revelation 7, 9, all tribes, tongues, and nations worshiping before the throne of God. Revelations 5, 9, behold, people are singing a new song, proclaiming the name of the Lamb and what he's done, who's made a priesthood of all the nations. We share a common vision. You know that it wasn't an accident that Laura and I went to Vancouver and now we're planting a church and the vision statement comes from Revelation 5, 9, like there's the every tribe, tongue, and nation, because that's what God wants to do. He wants to reach everyone. There's no segregation lines. There's no black or white. There's no Hispanic. There's no like, it's for everybody. The gospel's for everybody. And he wants to build up. And one day we're going to have people from every tribe, tongue, and nation worshiping him. And that's what we're seeking to do now. That's what you're seeking to do here in Arlington and beyond. And so I'm thankful I'm thankful for like Paul says in verse eight, I thank my God through Jesus Christ for all of you because your faith is being proclaimed, not just in Arlington, but in all the world. That's magnificent. What a sign of a healthy church is not just the, the, the number of people sitting in the pews, but the, the influence, the faith power that is being proclaimed And so I'm thankful, and I encourage you guys, good job. Praise the Lord for what he's doing in your midst. Praise the Lord for your faithfulness and your giving. I did some video for the Annie Armstrong Easter offering. When you gave to the Annie Armstrong Easter offering, you're you're supporting church planters. You're supporting North American church planters who are planting churches in areas throughout North America, reaching cities that are so diverse. When you give to to the... Lottie Moon, sorry, I've been in other countries now, and now I'm getting confused between the missions giving. The, uh, and in Canada, it's called the Great Commission Offering, and here it's called the Cooperative Program Giving. Whew, man, the acronyms that are going through my head right now are crazy. Uh, so when you, give, when you give to that, you're giving, and the gospel is going forth. You're supporting missionaries. You're supporting the ones that are sent out from here and from all of our other brothers and sisters in Christ throughout churches across North America. Like you're having an impact through your giving to think that your money and your tithes and your offerings are doing something more. Like you're proclaiming the faith of Christ. So you're proclaiming your, your faith in Christ as you, as you give. And so you've given so generously to us. So again, thank you. Thank you for your generosity, for supporting Laura and I and for supporting other North American missionaries. When we went through those times, you know what? Praise God, Laura and I were not having to be afraid because we were well provided for, like Paul said. Every need was taken care of. And that's through the generosity of people like you supporting us. So thank you. Thank you for what you've done. And thank you for what you're doing. But I want to encourage you, and I've touched on this in different ways, that Paul's heart and Paul's focus and his life was spent for the gospel. He said, for me to live, like, it wasn't a question. It was, it was his life. He said, for me to live as Christ and to die is gain. There was no other 
thing that was preoccupying him as much when he met Christ on the road to Damascus, it changed his life forever. And that determined the rest of his life, what he devoted himself to. And as he devoted himself to that, he, we saw, we see, you read about it in the book of Acts, the fruit that came from that. And so I just want to encourage you to keep doing what you're doing. Because Paul's exhortation here is he said, I'm thankful that your faith is being proclaimed. I want to see you so I can impart some gift to you. I mean, we've heard it said before, like we don't graduate from the gospel, but sometimes we do. Sometimes we get used to things, the way that going life sets in, we get used to our rhythms and our patterns. Priorities fluctuate, assignments come due, kids become growing and needing more attention. <laughs> life gets busy, you gotta, you know, drink your coffee while making eggs and toast for the kids, or well, let's be honest, it's more like Fruit Loops or something like that. We're all multitasking, right? It's a busy life, I get it. And then your phone's going off and you gotta like get for work and stuff. And the, the, the routines of life set in and that single-mindedness of every opportunity that I've been given to preach the gospel. Yeah, like, listen, I've talked about the nations, but I want to, like, bring it closer to home. Your life on campus, your friends, your coworkers, your children, your neighbors, they need to hear the gospel. Whether they're saved or not, if they're saved, they need encouragement. If they're not saved... <laughs> They need it all the more, they're dying. And I said that Paul's focus here about what he wanted to do when he was, when he was coming to this church, he said that he wanted to, he wanted to strengthen them and part some spiritual gift to them. That we may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith, both yours and mine. And the reason I believe that that was what he's talking about there is the gospel is because if you go to verse 15, he concludes this section, so I am eager. I am eager to preach the gospel, the gospel that saves people. Do you know what the gospel can do? We've just heard an amazing testimony of Nice and what God has done in her life, and that's one of many. The gospel transforms lives. The gospel moves people from hell to heaven, to the kingdom of darkness, to his beloved son, from fear and bondage to life and joy. In his presence is fullness of joy. I see people all around the world struggling with mental health, with fear, with crippling anxiety, with people who don't know how to make left or right of the world, who have no understanding of how to discern truth from lies. I see people addicted. I see all sorts of things of people who need the gospel to transform their life. They're not just in Canada, they're here. They're in your city. And so I have to tell you, preach the gospel. Take what you know and give it. You don't have to be an expert. I wasn't. 
I'm still not. And I want you to know that everything that we're doing in Canada is not anything that is not being done here. We go out, we build relationships, we take our kids to the park. We go visit, we have friends, we take them to Starbucks. We have friends over to our house. We say, hey, come on in. We had a family come over recently and they were so open. All they needed for us to say was more or less, hey, I see God's working in your life. Are you ready to put your, do you think that you're ready to make that step of putting your faith and trust in Jesus? Both of them without hesitation said yes. Sometimes, you know what? God set everything up. You just have to ask. You just have to be the one that takes a second to stop and to care enough to love them and maybe make yourself, it might feel a little bit awkward, uncomfortable, but you don't even know what God's been doing in that person's life and how close they are. So I hope that that encourages you because I hope that that puts it into your hands because you're given the spirit of power, of love, and of a sound mind. He says that God said, he's, when that moment comes where you're like, oh, I don't know if I can do this, he'll give you the words. He'll put them in your mouth. Just like he did with, with Aaron, with Moses. Moses, I'm not a good speaker. And he said, oh, don't worry, I'm sending your brother with you. He'll, he'll speak for you. And Moses found his voice. Moses led the people. So don't doubt what God can do through your life. I've learned to ask myself, or just be encouraged even by saying, oh man, sometimes I just have such little faith of what God can do. Uh, don't, don't have little faith. Have, have, have big faith. That, that eagerness to preach the gospel transforms lives. Look at Paul's life. Paul was, yeah, he might have been in like a Christian Jewish circle. He might have been trained and educated. He might have had a good pedigree, but he was still lost. And so when Christ confronted him on the road to Damascus, and when Ananias gave him back his sight, and he heard the gospel, he saw Christ, and he came to faith in Christ, and when he was transformed. Look at his life. Look what happened. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, set apart for the gospel of God. I just am excited about what happened in Nice's life. I'm excited about what God's doing in these people's lives in New Song, because you know what? Who knows what kind of church planters might come out of these people's lives? Who knows what kind? They might not even be church planters. They might be faithful members that go to work and lead several co-workers to faith in Christ. Maybe they just have their families and they lead their children to faith in Christ. Maybe they just lead neighbors to Christ. I don't know, but you know what? The kingdom's going to be expanded either way, so praise God. <laughs> praise God for what he's going to do through our faithfulness as we just trust him and rely on him. So, doesn't that excite you? Doesn't that, if that doesn't make you eager to share Christ, I, I have nothing else to say. That's, that's the gospel. That's the good news that we have here. This is the Romans. We see pictures and visions of lives transformed, of nations coming to know Christ, of his kingdom being expanded. And that's all stuff that God says that he's going to do through you and this church. So, that's my exhortation. That's my encouragement to you. Step into that. The vision that you have here is a legacy. It's an amazing vision of what God wants to do through your church together. 
So when you have activities, when you have outreaches, don't, don't, be, don't be the bum that's like, oh, I've got schoolwork to do. I've played that card. <laughs> don't be that person, please. And if you've got kids, bring them with you as much as you can. They need to see their parents living, living out their life. I don't think there's enough kids seeing their parents live out their faith in a really palpable, powerful way. They need to see their parents in action. You know, that's the amazing thing about Liara is that we go to Strong Start now. Okay, we go to Strong Start now and we see, we see her. She goes to, it's Strong Start is just like a pre-K program. And uh, sometimes it's a little bit awkward, maybe for Laura, because Liara will meet friends and she'll go, do you know Jesus? <laughs> no, there was a dad that came recently who I'm now good, meeting more and more. And we're, we're catching up and getting to know each other more. His name's Patrick. And she went up to Patrick, this dad, and asked that same question. She said, or no, I think she said something different. She's like, so do you know Jesus or do you go to church? And he was just like, oh, like this little kid has asked me, why? because they've just seen mom and dad doing it. It's just a part of our lives. So set that pattern, set that example for your kids, set that example for your, for your classmates, for your fellow seminarians, for your friends, like they need to see that. And so that's my, that's my encouragement for you. Just keep preaching the gospel and do it with eagerness. Father God, we come before you in prayer and we're so thankful for the way that you've worked, the way that you invite us into, to step into things that we just can never really plan for on our own. You call us to more and greater things. And God, we believe that you have good works in store for us. Here in Arlington, God, there's people that you wanna reach. And God, we're praying greater things this year. I pray, God, that you would fill up this place with your spirit. God, I pray that you would fill up your people with boldness, with power, with encouragement, with a sound mind, with steadfastness and stableness that encourages them to preach the gospel. And God, we long for you to build your kingdom. That's why you've left us here. That's why you've given us these, these missions and these vision statements is to encourage us, to compel us to go. And so God, I pray that you would find us faithful, whether you've entrusted us with a little or a lot. God, help each one of us to be faithful with what you've given to us. In Jesus' name, amen.